I'm ple- really pleased that I've been able to get to a place where where I'm comfortable with myself and who I am and able to express that enough that it's not impacting on my mental health. My name is Elle and I am a bi-plus non-binary queer person living on Bangarang country working with Lion Wangaratta. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Bangarang lands of the Yorta Yorta Nation and pay my respect to Elders past and present. I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists, continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. This episode you're about to hear is with Steph, who uses they, them pronouns and lives in Mungigonga near Myrtleford in northeast Victoria. Steph talks about their experiences of living in regional Victoria and what pride means to them. My name's Steph. I'm 52 years old. I live uh, just out of Murderford in a small community called Mudjigonga. Uh, and I um, I use they, them pronouns uh, and uh, I work in ambulance. And how have you found this self-portrait? Is it my self-portrait? Yes, the my, been... my self-portrait series, yes. I really like sort of symbolism I guess um so there's yes I've really been enjoying it and I've also been including a lot of things that are that are meaningful to me or or things that are symbolic in the portrait um when um when we started the the portrait series um I found I did a bit of sort of uh brainstorming and and collaging and stuff just with words to try and get a feel for where I wanted to go and I find found that a lot of the the language and the feelings that I was gravitating towards was really very angry um and I'd come into the project wanting to do something quite positive but getting stuck in a space where um I was quite angry about the history and and a lot of the things that have have um impacted me throughout my life in terms of being queer and um and so I felt like I had to let that come through so one of the um rather than try to try to tell the whole story of everything um I focused on one mostly focused on one moment in time which was the marriage equality plebiscite because I found myself feeling very very negative after that even though the majority voted yes because so many people still voted no and I found it really really hard to celebrate the positives in that moment. Um, and there was actually a large proportion of the community where I grew up uh, who was one of the few electorates in Victoria where the majority voted no. So that was quite disappointing, I guess, would be. <laughs> and, um, you know, um, as one thing um, in amongst the, the rest of Australia's history, one thing that's affected me, like all these little things, they build up over time. So this has been a really good way to let some of that out. But then also to, to turn it around and look at the, the positives that are associated with that as well in terms of building community and, um, you know, working together and, and really understanding how many more people there are like you out there. Mm. 
What's it been like for you in your own experience um, being in a regional area and being a part of the LGBTQIA plus community? Um, I actually lived, I used to live in Melbourne. I grew up in Melbourne, um, in the Melbourne suburbs, and um, but in a very, I guess, a very sheltered, borderline conservative family. Um, not really religious, but... Um, um, just very, very white and and straight and, you know, your, your nuclear family sort of average normal. Um, and so for me to be able to, f- to even, you know, predating the internet, to be a- even be able to um, try to figure out how to find community that might help me with understanding myself was, seemed like it was impossible. And especially also for somebody who's quite um, shy socially so I didn't want to just be going out there and putting myself into situations where I didn't already know people um so it probably wasn't until COVID happened and I went looking online because of course now we have the internet and and there's way to build ways to build connections with people through that when I discovered that line were operating and um and started tentatively attending events and things like that so Mm. until I felt more comfortable to participate. Mm. What do you think regional towns need more of to make people feel safe and be okay to be visible wherever you go? Um, (laughs) More lines I think Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. and more. um, Tell me what line means. So line is the acronym is is LGBTQIA plus in the northeast. Um, it originally started, I believe, as lesbians in the northeast many many years ago, um, and has has evolved and and um, and changed since then. Um, and they've been doing some all sorts of things over the last few years, um, um, running workshops and. Um, community events and and all sorts of things for people to be involved in and so many different things that there is really probably something for everybody. Um, So when I started looking at what they were doing, the the stuff that I was particularly interested in was was leadership. They were running some leadership courses and um, peer support workshops and, and that sort of thing. So stuff with more structure to it where... Um, I didn't feel like I was being stuck in a social situation where I had to sink or swim, <laughs> go and hide underneath the coffee table for the evening. So that was really good to be able to have that sort of variety of um, of events that they were running to, to get involved. Mm. Mm. And what does pride mean to you? Having the confidence in yourself to be yourself, I think, and it's um, it's perhaps a little unfortunate that we still do need events like this in order for people to find community and feel safe. But, you know, the fact that they exist and that we can, we can um, see how, how many other people are like us out there and, and the visibility and the representation that helps people feel safer to come out, you know, hopefully one day we won't need to be coming out at all. It'll just be, a, you know, a huge variety of eclectic people without needing to worry about what others are thinking. Um, but certainly you still see plenty of negative comments on on Facebook, you know, um, um, even locally 
if something's happening, there'll always be somebody that comments about, you know, how um, something bigoted usually. How do you cope with that? Uh, self-care is not reading the comments, I think is the... <laughs> um, you know, but I just don't understand how people can think like that in this day and age that it um, doesn't make any sense to me at all. Mm. What are you most proud of with your life? That's a tough one. I'm ple- really pleased that I've been able to get to a place where where I'm comfortable with myself and who I am and able to express that enough that it's not impacting on my mental health. Um, you know, that's something that's a minority stress stuff is a, is a well-documented phenomenon. Um, and, and so to be able to, um, to be able to learn to understand myself and who I am and, and how I exist in the world and not worry about what other people are, are thinking or judging or, or looking has been, has been probably the biggest part of my journey. <laughs> how long do you think it's taken you to get this far? Um, yeah, my whole life. I think as a kid I was very much trying to fit in and, and not, not make waves, not rock the boat, um, you know, not be seen. So it probably wasn't until around 2004 that I started um, coming out of my shell. So what I would have been um, in my 30s, yeah. So. Mm. And your children? Yep. They're, they've been part of the journey too? Oh, very much so. They're... <laughs> I think we said before we started recording you had three. Yes, three, three kids. Children. Three yeah. kids, yes, and they're all they're all proudly queer as well. So um yep. They've all been supportive and I think they I'd like I like to hope that they grew up in a supportive environment as well. Um you know, I guess every generation we learn and grow and hopefully do better for our kids and, and I'm sure they'll do better for their kids than I did for them. Um Yes, but they've all definitely uh, to 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 at least have flown the coop. One's still at home, but she spends more time with her girlfriend, I think, than with her person when than she does with me. So, and what's your superpower? Crochet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, makes you feel good. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've yeah. always got I've always got something with me, and. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm quite fast and quite technically um, adept. It, yeah. Yes, yes, and that's a great word. Yeah, <laughs> technically adept. What are you crocheting right now? A uh, little, uh, well, actually, mostly just giant granny blankets to um, use in winter because it gets really cold at home through winter. Um, but I've also been making little pride octopuses for the um, for the shop here. So. Hmm. All right, I'm going to let you get back to your self-portrait series. Thank you. Good Thank luck. you so much. This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pridefinder, the Rainbow Road Trip, was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. 
Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist, and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy, and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen, and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA plus Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest, and reflect the language, thoughts, history, and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian state government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes.